Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster, and Real Life Moms is a podcast that's all about real conversations with real life issues that parents deal with every day. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics and to continue those conversations through our Real Life Moms Facebook group, but we'd love for you to become part of our community. As many of you have heard in the national news on December 30th, as Coloradoans were getting ready to end their year and to celebrate a new one, a massive fire broke out and devastated a community with over a thousand homes destroyed. Today, we have Rachel Matz here to share her story of that tragic day. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to Real Life Moms. Hey, Lisa. I'm excited to chat with you today. Uh, I'm so honored that you're here today and willing to talk about this story, about your experience in the Marshall fires that happened in Colorado back in December 30th that actually destroyed about, I think it's like over a thousand homes. Is that right? That is right. Yep. Yeah. So for people who don't know this, um, because we have people listening from all over, let's give some background of what went on that day as much as we know, right? Because we're still kind of a little unsure. But, you know, this was a really interesting fire. Colorado has lots of fires, but usually they're in the mountains um, with a lot of trees and things. And this one was very different because, first of all, it was winter and it was in a neighborhood and it was uh, like a windy, windy day. It was like, what, 100 miles per hour winds? Yeah, we had clocked winds, I think, around 104 miles per hour in a yeah, a very residential suburban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I have a fire station across the street from my house. Oh, that was that <laughs> that was that should be handy, but maybe not in the, maybe not in this situation, right? And and they're still unsure about what started the fire. Am I correct with that? They're, it, they're investigating it. They have some ideas, um, but mm-hmm. they haven't yet put out the report. So there's no formal. Mm -hmm. So this fire starts and it spreads so fast because of this 100 mile, 104 mile per hour wind. And and what people aren't understanding is it's spreading as fast as like a football field, right? It's like catching fire that quickly. And it's going through multiple neighborhoods. I mean, it's Superior, it's Louisville, it's Boulder, it's it's a bunch of different towns that are mm-hmm. hitting this fire. So this was massive. So just putting that out there. Massive and so, so fast. So fast. That's, I think that was the biggest kind of impact was it just nobody had time to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so, so fast. In fact, we've we had lived in the mountains for 10 years prior and had been evacuated for fires up in the mountains. And it's scary, but we always had time. Even if that time was 20 or 30 minutes, we would have time to gather something. This was, you know, 10 or 20 seconds to gather nothing. So where were you at the time it broke out? So um, there's some blessings in it, which is my son was actually not home. He was at his dad's house, so I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. So he was safe in another city. Um, mm-hmm. And my daughter and I were here. She is in high school and was um, hoping to have a couple of friends over for New Year's Eve. So we were actually down in our basement decorating. She wanted mm-hmm. to hang up some balloons and streamers and just make it look fun and festive for her friends to come over. And so we were a little bit oblivious. Um, Mm -hmm. Neither one of us had our phones on us, which is so rare when you think about it. But I was happy to just have that time with her. And we Mm. were talking. And about 45 minutes later, we came upstairs. And the first thing my daughter did naturally was grab her phone. And she goes, Mom, everyone's everyone's evacuating. And in my my head, I'm thinking, what? 
it, we've had wind, like, you know, it was windy, you know, and I'm like, we've had wind like this before, you know, it, it, it has its moments where you're scared, but it's not evacuation scary. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, mom, it's a fire. And I said, what? And our house happens to back to open space behind us and the back also faces west, which is the direction the fire was coming from. And I turned around in the kitchen and there were flames like I felt like I could touch them. Like it was so fast. Whoa. So what did you do (laughs) at that point? (laughs) Panic mode. Yeah. Panic mode sets in. Right. So it was immediately like, thankfully, I had my wits about me. And I just said to my daughter, you know, grab the dog. Um, Mm -hmm. I had from our years living in the mountains, we have a portable kind of fireproof safe with all of our important Mm -hmm. documentation and things in one place in that safe. So I said, grab the dogs and grabbing the safe. Um, And then we had to make the decision of does she take her own car or do we try to just do we all just go in my car? Um, Yeah, relatively new driver, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, not even six months yet. But at the same time, if fire's whipping through, you want to try to get as many of your belongings out as you can. Mm hmm. So we did have her take her car. Oh, wow. At at first. (laughs) We ended up ditching it along the way. Okay. Because I was going to say, that is, I mean, we we left as well, but we were in no way in your situation. But, you know, the one thing I was thinking is, like, to be together. You want to be together. Well, when we first left, like, it just, again, it all happened so fast, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. when we first left, it's, I could see the fire coming but like there wasn't smoke in the air at our house right Mm -hmm. and so it was like oh jump in your car we're we're gonna head over to your dad's right where your brother is and kind of far enough away that we felt safe Um, Mm -hmm. and by the time we left the neighborhood and then the traffic had become gridlock and now it was starting to be smoky and embers flying and hitting your car you know and we're on the phone you know together the whole time Mm -hmm. Um, but at that point you know we weren't even a mile from the house and we just found a parking lot um, at a nearby mall and left her car there and she jumped in in my car. Yeah. Smart move. I I would think, yeah, I'd want to be together. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you said like taking two cars and things, did you actually have time to actually bring any other uh, stuff? No, you just brought your safe and your cars and your dog. And our dog. Yeah. When I said stuff, I meant the car, right? I'm like, okay, six months ago. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to lose it. Oh my Um, gosh. Okay. So, and, and it wasn't easy getting out. You were stuck in traffic. We were. It didn't, yeah, it wasn't a smooth ride. So what were you thinking at that point where you're just like not moving and it is getting smoky and you're in the car? At first I felt, you know, it's going to be okay. You know, there was just, I I had no idea the magnitude of what was going on. Right. Mm -hmm. I just, I had no idea at that point, 300 houses were already gone. I just was like, you know what? There's fire stations here. I live in a suburban neighborhood. They're going to get control Mm -hmm. of this. It's coming from the, the, you know, the West where the kind of open spaces, they'll contain it. I just didn't really understand the magnitude yet. Then as we were driving, it's getting darker and darker. And it felt like we were almost driving into the Mm -hmm. fire, into the smoke more. And then it became scary. You know, then there was definitely Mm -hmm. moments. And um, my daughter even asked, she goes, are are we going to die? Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Yeah. It is. And, and I, what's your answer? <laughs> what are you saying at this point? Because you don't know. You're stuck in the smoke. You know, I said, no, you know, we're going to be okay. There's, we got to just trust that people are, you know, leading us in the right way. And, um, but you're saying that at the same time, you know, being nervous. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm a mom and I'm trying to keep myself together for her sake, you know, and, and I think she was asking a little bit in jest. Um, yeah. But it was that scary. I mean, it was. Oh, it was, yeah. Because you just don't know where you're going. And then, to be honest, I started thinking about 
why am I following the car in front of me that's following the car in front of them? Who's leading this pack? Right. And when they left to lead the pack, the fires moved a thousand times since then. Mm-hmm. So like, how do I know? You know, I started having a little bit of like concern of should I be trusting this process? And right. It was scary. It was it was there were moments. Right. Because you, you had no idea. And it really was going wherever the wind blew it. It could have changed at any point was was part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And the winds being so fast that they just couldn't control anything. Yeah. And the firefighters weren't because there was so much wind, they couldn't actually have helicopters flying in with water and they couldn't really even try to save things because the water was just kind of coming back at them instead of the fire. Right. It wasn't wasn't really working. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So there was lots going on. Okay, so you finally get out of there, which is yes. good. You were happy yes. that you did that. Yes. Um, and you feel like you're in a safer spot. Um, at that point, you're in a safer spot. I mean, I know when we kind of left, we watched the news the whole time to see what was going on. What were you guys doing? Were you kind of just trying to figure out, is your house still there? What, what were you doing once sure. you kind of um, found your... So we got... You know, it took us about an hour to do what should have been a 15-minute drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but once we got there... Initially, honestly, we had another moment of panic because all of a sudden the area we went to fell into a um, potential evacuation zone. The fire mm-hmm. started blowing that way. In fact, I think we were right around the corner from where you folks were. Well, um, yeah, because you, had t- I had texted you, and and you're like, and you're like, you're at your ex-husband's, and I'm yep. like, yeah, they're just evacuating. We just left. So <laughs> but- yeah, I didn't even have a lot of time at first to think about much other than, oh no. Are we going to have to evacuate? Where are we going? You know, and that that yeah. panic mode sets in once we kind of realize, all right, we don't need to evacuate. Mm-hmm. I became, you know, the kids, one of the blessings, right? Having another house. They had yeah. some normalcy. They had their rooms yeah. and their technology and, you know, their dogs there. And they, they just had sort of things that felt normal to them. Mm-hmm. I honestly hold up in the guest room and just stared at screens for the next mm-hmm. 12 hours. It, w- it was really hard watching the news and knowing the areas that were going up and, and seeing even houses, you're like, Oh, I know that house, you know, mm-hmm. or I know this place. Um, it must've been really hard to figure out like where you were in that mix, like what your house may, may be like. That's exactly what it was. It was like, I want to have as many screens with different TV channels on them because they all have different angles or they're in different neighborhoods. And I'm trying to find some sort of orientation point to be like, is that my neighborhood? Is that my street? Mm-hmm. You know, it was at my house. Um, and so it's, I really didn't have any confirmation. You know, I, I don't even think I slept at all that night, but, you know, didn't really know until the next day, much later the next day, they started putting out um, lists mm-hmm. of, of burned homes and what areas were not burned. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, I mean, I, I remember kind of losing, you know, just going through the mental process of thinking you, your house burned down. Like I went Mm -hmm. through that feeling and then it was interesting to hear my kids, you know, they, you know, of course they don't understand the full magnitude of it, but Mm -hmm. my daughter 16, you know, she's like, oh, my clothes. Like that was what Mm -hmm. she was concerned about was her wardrobe. Yeah. And my son who's 12 was more concerned about, he has a blankie, like a blanket from when Mm. he was a baby that he still loves. And that was what he was sad to have lost. Mm. Um, And I have in the basement, I have a couple of what I call memory boxes or just boxes filled with, you know, our memories that I've always said, oh, if we're in a fire, that's what I'm going to (laughs) grab. We just didn't have that time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But thankfully, 
we are our home is standing and mm-hmm. and our stuff is still here. Yeah, yeah. Because the next day you got a picture of your home from another friend that went right, and you're like, "Whoa, yes. it's yeah," and it, and it's was still standing. So that okay, what did that feel like to actually see a photo of your home from a friend who like went back in the next day when? I don't even think she was allowed in. I'll be honest. (laughs) What happened was she went in. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy because, you know, there's this fire whipping winds and not even 12 hours later, there's a blizzard with, Mm -hmm. you know, eight, 10 inches of snow. I happened to run out of my home in flip flops. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Next day was snow. Um, But yeah, so they, you know, cars still were not allowed in the burn area, but what people were doing was parking outside of the area and hiking through the mm-hmm. snow back in because they were so desperate to see or to know because there was no other way to confirm. So mm-hmm. yes, this this neighbor friend hiked in and uh, took a picture of my home and shared it and let me know that everything was still standing. Nice. Yeah. And that must have been felt like, oh, thank goodness. Right. I mean, it's yes, there. Yes. But, but I can imagine that like, I mean, how does it feel to have your house standing when so many aren't? Because mm. that's hard, right? It is hard. Um, I feel fortunate, obviously, that my house is standing, but also the houses around me are standing. I'm in a little bit of a bubble, you know, so when I'm in my home and I look out all of my windows, everyone around me is still standing. Mm-hmm. Our little area was was safe. Um, I think it's very hard for the people on the streets where three houses are burned down, two are standing, three are burned down, mm-hmm. you know, that. I think that's hard because when I'm in my home, again, I'm in a little bubble. As soon Mm -hmm. as we need to leave to go anywhere, we Mm -hmm. have to drive through burn areas, no matter kind of how we want to get out. Mm -hmm. Then it's harder, right? Then you see it and you actualize it. When you first got back, though, you still had no heat. You didn't have water either, right? But you were still in there. (sighs) Yep. Um, We still actually don't have potable water a month later. Um, Oh, wow. The water treatment facility burned. Okay. So, so that, what does that mean? So what do you have to do with your water now? Um, basically, we have water. It's running water. We have hot water, but you're not to drink it. It's not being treated properly. Um, okay. So we can bathe in it, you know, but you don't want to be swallowing it, drinking it, cooking with it or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So the water is still not there a month later, which is not convenient. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> heat, heat is back on, which is a good thing, right? Everything else is back. Yeah. yeah. Heat, electricity, internet. All of that is, is back. And, and all of that about... was back relatively quickly. Um, you know, within, I would say, four days, mm-hmm. all of that was back, at least in, in our little pocket. And what about the air quality? Because, you know, with all this burn around there, I know some homes, you know, there are some homes that are the only one or two in there. Can't, they can't even go back in. Right. Um, because it, the air quality and, and their stuff is actually technically ruined, even though it's still standing. Mm-hmm. Um, how How is that for you? Is it? I mean, it's still pretty safe to be in your neighborhood or it is where we are. So they're doing all sorts of I think they're called purple, but these kind of monitoring devices all around. And, um, you know, in again, in our little pocket, I think the way the wind was blowing, the fact that the fire didn't blow this way, but it blew the other way um, Mm -hmm. really helped us. You know, they, they do encourage, you know, you're not there are certain places still in the neighborhood, certain areas where they don't want you spending prolonged periods of time outside. Yeah. And I've heard some schools in certain areas are, they're actually not doing very much outdoor recess even because of the air quality or they have to wear masks outside. That and they are um, so much ash rained down everywhere that mm-hmm. they have to go through these protocols of 
removing all of the mulch and dirt and sand mm. from all of the playground areas and replacing it, I think, as well before they'll feel like it's very safe. Mm. So how is your neighborhood doing? How are your friends? I mean, these are your neighbors. This is your community. How has that changed? I mean, I think when when these kind of things happen, communities band, you know, strong communities band together and rise together. And that's definitely happening, right? You see just so much help, so many people trying to support everybody else. There is a cause out there right now for everything to help people that are displaced and to help the people that lost their homes. And so that's amazing, right? To see the community come together. And then there's, you know, then there's the reality of we have lots of friends that lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that process is not going to be fun or, or fast to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I have a coworker who um, I saw the other day and he had happened to lo- he lost his home and he turned to me and he goes, here's my new clothes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Do you like it? Because that's like probably the only thing I think, you know, it was donated. I don't even think he bought it, but it's just, you know, it, you're just, you don't even know what to say. You're just like, oh. And then another person who didn't know him walks by and goes, well, I love your shirt. And it just seems so sweet because it was like the, <laughs> only, the only one, one that he had and <laughs> probably just picked it up at one of those places that were donating. And, yes. uh, and so, yeah, it's just so much. And I mean, and so much of your kids' school, you know, a lot of the kids were affected and mm-hmm. displaced. How is school dealing with that? And how does that affect your kids? Um. You know, school, Boulder Valley kind of took a, a mentality of it's important to have some sort of normalcy. It's important to provide the support to the students, the families, the community, a safe place for the kids. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it was safe for the schools to open up and, the, you know, any smoke was mitigated, they opened. And I, I mean, I, I think it was good for my kids to go back. Um, mm-hmm. It was good for them to see some of their friends that, that have lost everything. Um, mm-hmm. And feel that sense of normalcy. School took a very slow approach with starting any sort of academics immediately Mm -hmm. after. So school was more of just a social place for kids for a while. And I think that was good. But I think, you know, it's it's hard when these things happen. Like the world keeps moving regardless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's hard sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean... My kids going back to school, they were definitely less affected than obviously your family, um, but they still have kids that go there and, you know, don't have homes. I think the principal lost his home at my son's mm. school. Um, they just seem so mentally burnt out, like, okay, we're in a pandemic. Now there's a fire. Now some of our friends <laughs> don't have homes. It's like, it's like, it was like, okay, too much, you know, just too much. I don't want to do schoolwork. I don't want to do this. You know, it just, yeah, it gets to a point that you're just kind of like, oh, enough. I completely agree. Um, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I feel like the kids, especially teenagers right now, that generation is so desensitized to trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, they're raised in a generation of school where school shootings are normalized or they've become kind of like, it just, they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, like you said, COVID and they've had to wear a mask for 20% or whatever, 15% of their lifetime. And, you know, then the fires hit and it's just, they're getting desensitized. In fact, I was driving with my teen daughter and again, we have to drive past the devastation to kind of get out of the neighborhood. And I still get a little choked up and I still have a hard time seeing it. And mm-hmm. she was really just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, bad things mm-hmm. happen, you know? And I'm like, oh. God, her generation, they've just had a lot of bad things happen. Yeah. You know, it's so true because, I, you know, we don't have to drive through it 
like you do all the time, but we do drive through it because we have lots of things we use in those areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. And I'm always like, Oh my God, like, you know, it's just some, some of those areas are just, there's nothing there. And it's, you know, you see that burnt car or the, you know, just remnants of like a wall of a house and it's just devastating. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And the same thing, you know, I think my daughter feels bad, but it's, it doesn't seem to hit them as much. Like, it's just like, and just another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah that, that seems about right. Bad that things sucks. happen. That's bad just, things that's happen. happen. <laughs> Let's keep going. I know. But they are still mentally burnt. I mean, like, I still feel like they're, they're, I feel like the kids are full. They're just full. Completely. You know? Yep. And, um, and I don't know. I think they're all handling it well on the outside, but I don't know. I mean, even my daughter felt very guilty, you know, cause our house was totally fine. And, you know, and I think there was definitely a guilt factor for her when, you know, the next kids wasn't, you know, so I mm-hmm. think they even felt guilty about that, um, you know, having more, you know, they both emptied out their closets and said, oh, I don't need to wear this. I don't need to wear that. And, you know, donated all their clothes. And my daughter did a bunch of GoFundMes on her own with her own money and then would ask me to help her for others. And, Um, but you know, you could see the generosity of like wanting to do something, but not really sure what to do. All right. So now that you've been through this and, and you're still going through it, it sounds like you're still, it's still going on, even though the initial shocks are gone, you're still dealing with certain things. Yeah. I feel like it's like COVID, right. And we're just, where you get to a new normal and now we've just created a new normal with the fire Mm -hmm. because I mean, I'm going to be driving past burned down houses or at least empty lots for a long, long time. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. going to become a new normal. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying, I mean, it's going to be over two years probably to mm-hmm. rebuild. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely not, I mean, it's not a sunshiny place to see it. Definitely not. And I'm still like going, um, is that open or not open? <laughs> you know, like yep. when I'm going, I'm yes. like, Oh, I want to go get this, but is that open? I don't know. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I just had that conversation about the pet smart. I don't know. Do you know, is it open in the Costco shopping center? Is that pet smart open yet? <laughs> so now that you've kind of been through this, like looking at the situation, would you have done anything differently? I don't think so. I think everything for a reason and we are all safe and you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the best outcome. And and, and, you know, we do have to have packed these just different situations, whether it's a fire or whatever, you know, emergency, right? What would you recommend having <laughs> <laughs> prepared now that you really had to leave? Because I'll tell you, when, when we left, so we're, you know, my husband, I love that man, but he is a runner, you know, like. I left work. Um, I didn't know about the fires either. As soon as I heard someone talking about it, I left and there was plumes of smoke coming around the office. And I was like, huh, this isn't good. And so I went home and told him about it. And I showed him the picture that I had taken from my office. And he's like, that's it. We're out of here, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Um, And so, you know, when I thought to pack, all I could think was, okay, kids, Dogs, no, granted, I have three dogs, so that's enough, right? And then all I took was water and food. Like, that was it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And even on the way out, I stopped at a Walgreens to get more food. And and, and part of that was Oreos. And it's the only thing that I could think to pack. <laughs> I love it. So, so, I mean, just saying from your experience, 
you know, what would you say to be more prepared? Because I don't think Oreos, when we got to our hotel that we stayed in, all we had was Oreos and it wasn't a good scenario. I had three dogs with no food. I mean, it was not, not, no, no thought there. So, you know, the first time we ever got evacuated when we did live up in the mountains, that was a great learning lesson for us because we were not organized. We had never thought about it or anything. And that was the perfect learning lesson to get organized. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, the, the most important is anything that's not replaceable, right? Memories, photos, things like that. Um, that's why I've, I've learned to keep that all in kind of boxes together mm-hmm. in the basement with the idea that I can grab them. Um, and then mm-hmm. all the documentation, right, of who you are, licenses, um, right. passports, social security cards, birth certificates, titles, registration, all that stuff, deeds yeah. um, is super important. One thing that I did not grab, I grabbed my dog, which was great. And I wasn't, I didn't grab any food, which whatever. I figured mm-hmm. what, I can buy food, bar food. I'll figure that out. She, she can eat a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. But we, she has medicine and I did not grab her medicine. <laughs> we didn't grab our medicine either. <laughs> and, and our dog bites without it. So that <laughs> was know. not good. And then I think nowadays, especially just technology, like whether it's your iPad or a laptop, but there's some device that probably has the bulk of your memories on it you know your photos your important documents your things like that yeah and I think that's what I was thinking with like photos I was like oh they're all on my phone I mean granted I have photo albums but I don't know if I care about them so much (laughs) my childhood but um but yeah like a lot of that stuff I'm like everything's on my phone but you're right like birth certificates and and things like that um Mm You know, we do have one of those fireproof safes as well, which I was like so excited. I'm like, we don't have to worry. We got a fireproof safe. And then my husband's like, yeah, it lasts for 45 minutes or something. I was like, what? <laughs> that doesn't sound like a long time at all. Everyone oh, I know that had those fire, I shouldn't say everyone. A lot of people I know that had those fireproof safes. There's nothing left inside the safe. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, see, that's good to know. That's what I was thinking. But he he had a better, he did grab, I think he grabbed papers you know he's pretty good when it comes yep. to that stuff but um but that was it papers and me I just had my water and food that was food. ready to go <laughs> so if you were hungry I not that we couldn't have bought that somewhere else but yeah okay so yeah so that's no that's good to know that's good to know to have some of those things prepared although you have yours all together most people I feel like don't right and I didn't the first time I've ever been evacuated like I said I did not have anything together papers or any of that now I do. I have this portable fireproof box, right, that has all of our family's documentation in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you feel like you're going to be able to move forward from that? You don't have a lot of choice, right? The world keeps moving. And I think you move forward by trying to help and trying to find positive wherever you can, um, right? The, I mean, the people that have lost so much, their attitudes are so great. And everyone, mm-hmm. you know, they're really trying to stay focused on helping the community and, and rebuilding and um, showing that support. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I have a good answer for that. Do you think most people are going to stay and rebuild? Or do you think mm. all the people are, I mean, have they actually moved? I mean, I know they have to find housing. They're obviously not staying in the neighborhood at this point. It, I've heard all over the place. I know two families that have completely left the state, mm. um, you know, and I had that thought. I'll be honest with you. That night when I thought, I honestly 100% thought the only things I have left in this world are like physical wise are my car, my kids and my dog and what's on my back. Mm. It's sad, but at the same time, it's very liberating. I can mm. go anywhere. I, got, I have nothing. Like I can go anywhere because I have nothing. 
to bring, right? Like there's nothing weighting you down in some ways. I was like, we're free to go live wherever we want, do whatever we want. So yeah, that was, that was, a, a, that, was a, that was a, a yeah. fleeting moment. A yeah. fleeting moment, yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow. So we know a couple of families that have left. One went um, to Georgia, to the Atlanta area. One went to another town in Colorado. Um, we know some people that are very committed to rebuilding and, and, you know, they've had generation after generation in this neighborhood and they, they're committed to it and they want to rebuild. But as you said, mm-hmm. that's going to be a two-year process. It's going to be a very expensive process for multiple reasons. People were uninsured, unfortunately, because of the values of the homes here had, had gone up. And then unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, um, they the town had just put into place some new building standards requiring like green code building, kind of clean, clean mm-hmm. building. And as a result, you know, it's more expensive per square foot to rebuild. Uh-huh. And so they are, even though all of these homes aren't, they're, they're new construction, but they're not new because they're rebuilding old homes. They're still mandating them as new construction and making them follow these new green protocols, which is great for the world and the environment but very difficult on these people's wallet when they already are underinsured and now they have to rebuild at a much higher cost. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that is, so you've got your people who have left, you've got your people who are rebuilding because they have deep, most of them have deep roots or, mm-hmm. or loyalty to the community. And then you have people that are, there's already someone who's trying to sell their burnt lot, right? Oh, wow. I wonder how that, I, wonder how yeah, that's I don't going. know what's going to happen with that. I don't even know if it's, you're allowed to do that yet, but um, you know, there's some people that are just kind of, tossing in the towel and, and going to go just buy a house somewhere else. I'm sorry you had to go through it, but I am really happy that your house is still standing and, and, and that your neighborhood, you know, at least your immediate bubble is still there. Mm-hmm. So um, all the other stuff around you is, is not. So is there anything you else you want to let people know? You know, it's amazing. Honestly, it's amazing how people do come together when these things happen. Mm-hmm. Everything from the day of where, how quickly the fire spread and how many tens of thousands of people needed to get out of a very concentrated area very quickly when we were only really able to go one direction because the fire was all around on the other directions. It was amazing how well people did work together, right? There could have been utter chaos. There could have been tremendous loss of life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. because people weren't helping each other in those moments of actual chaos. You know, or I don't know if you saw the video from Costco. It's been pretty widely yeah. circulated where, you know, the, they kind of come in and say fire. Everyone needs to drop, drop what you're doing and immediately exit the building. It was, it seemed like such a smooth, I'm sure in the moment those people were panicked, but it seemed like such a smooth thing and, and people just kind of put their stuff down and got out it could have been utter chaos and there could have been looting and there could have been, you know, people Mm -hmm. pushing each other to get out and none of that happened. And I think Mm -hmm. the fact that everyone just worked together really helped save a tremendous amount of lives that Mm -hmm. day. I think 40,000 ish people were, you know, evacuated or displaced. And I think the loss of life was two or three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's again, the amount of people that could have perished in the, the camaraderie mm-hmm. that happened to get everyone out safely was amazing. Yeah, yeah it is amazing. It, it is amazing when these tragedies happen, how much goodness there is in people. And even even now, <laughs> I mean, we're still, mm-hmm. there's, you know, community gatherings and we still get free meals and all the people that are displaced. There's a whole brigade called the, like the hotel helpers where 
They have mm. a list of all the hotels all around the area that have people that are displaced. And I think they have like 30 different hotels on it with hundreds of families mm. and they bring them hot meals every day and they bring them treats every day. And, you know, just everyone's doing something to help um, yeah. different places that are collecting clothes and different places mm-hmm. that are collecting stuff for your pets. And they've got dog walkers that'll come to the hotel and just take your dogs out, you know, to give, to get the dogs out and walking and give you a break for a bit and mm-hmm. just lots of helpers doing whatever they can. That's awesome. I mean, I even see like yoga for martial yeah. fire, you know, like just for relief. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And I hope that continues since it is a long haul for all of the, everybody involved, everyone, even just the neighbor, even people who have their homes. And that's a, that's a good point. Cause I know I personally, and I know a lot of friends felt, especially right after it happened and there was all these people helping and giving and donating and doing that I felt guilty taking because yeah. I, I have a house and I have my stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But with it, you know, they kind of said, no, this is for everyone and anyone that's impacted in any sort of way, because there is some survivor's guilt that comes with it. There is some mm-hmm. change to our lifestyle that, you know, comes with it. Yeah. Um, but it was nice. It was nice to feel like it's for the whole community, mm-hmm. not just, you know, everyone's impacted just all in different ways. Exactly. Exactly. And I hope it gets better. I hope it gets better, not just the fires, but the pandemic. I hope for our kids' sakes that they do, this isn't their new normal. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Where (laughs) tragedies are common and they're ongoing and they keep coming. I I can't wait for that boring year where they have nothing to do. (laughs) Right. And, and, and they're bored there's nothing going on (laughs) that is my wish for the new year (laughs) um this this year is going to be awesome (laughs) i'm in it sounds good thank you um but thank you so much for talking with me about your experience i really appreciate you sharing it because i know it was traumatic it was traumatic yeah this was this was nice to do thank you thanks for having me (laughs) of course Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And thank you, Rachel, for sharing your story. Our hearts go out to all those that were affected by the Marshall Fire. Please join us on our Facebook page where we will continue to post ways to help those still in need. And don't forget to follow Real Life Moms so you don't miss an episode.